In Luke chapter 5, man, i got to clear my throat. <coughs> Luke chapter 5, uh, we stopped in verse 11 last time. We're going to pick up in verse 12, and we're only going to do five verses. This is a story that you know well. It's the story of the cleansing of the leper. Jesus cleanses a leper, and uh, to be honest, we've, we've uh, read it many times. I'm sure you've heard it many times. Um, and so uh, it's not going to be a whole lot new today, but it's going to be reminding you of where we've come from, reminding you of what Christ has done in our life. And uh, it, it's amazing, it's amazing to me uh, how, um, how wonderful he has been to us and how much we didn't deserve it, how much grace and mercy that he's poured out on us when we sure did not deserve it and still to this day don't deserve it. And so this, uh, this miracle, this cleansing of the leper would have been the most amazing thing that the people in the first century, the Israel that were, he was ministering to, you know, he was going back and forth to the synagogues, different cities. He was preaching the kingdom of God. The Messiah has come. He was saying, I am here and I am bringing this new era of salvation. This new, uh, this new kingdom is, uh, is come and it's breaking in. And he was going back and forth and he was, we saw that he uh, had authority over physical sickness. He, he could speak and it would be gone. Uh, we saw that he has authority over the spirits. Uh, he would speak and they, they had no choice but to go out from the people that they were uh, indwelling. And so he was showing all of these miracles, all of these powers, all of these, uh, this authority that he had as the Messiah. But this cleansing of the leper here would have been the most amazing thing that they had seen up to this day. And I want to show you why. For us to understand just how amazing it would have been, you kind of need to understand uh, God's view of clean and unclean. Uh, when Dana and I, it was probably 97, 98, we bought a house in Jackson, and uh, it was a nice house. You know, it was a model home in a new subdivision. Nobody had ever lived in it. And you walk into the house, and it had this, I don't know, it wasn't white, but it was kind of like off-white beige carpet. I don't know if y'all have ever had any light-colored carpet. Boy, it looked so nice. I mean, we thought we were uptown. We thought we was living in a mansion. You know, it wasn't that big, but it was just nice looking. Nobody had ever lived in it, and it was light-colored carpet. We'd never had light-colored carpet before. Well, it didn't take too long for us to realize light-colored carpet is probably not the best thing in the world to put in your house. I mean, we didn't have any kids at the time. Uh, so it was just us, but we had this little dog, you know, and the little dog, you know, it's kind of hard to housebreak. And so the dog would, you know, the dog would do his business on the carpet and, you know, you'd clean it up, but it, it just wasn't exactly, you couldn't get it exactly back to the, the perfect color that it was, you know, and, and just the, you know, we, we didn't have any kids, so we ate in front of the TV and we would just sit there in the living room and of course things get spilled and, and you know, stuff happens and you, you clean it up, but there's always that little deal that's always left on the carpet. You can't just, you can't really get it right back to the way it was. And, and then, you know, just the normal day in, day out, you know, you walk in from outside and you got mud on your shoe and, you know, there's a mud spot on the carpet. And if you don't clean it right up, then all of a sudden, you know, it's hard to get out. And so after a while, the carpet didn't look that clean anymore. It was had spots and stains all over it. And we did what any mature, responsible adults would do. We moved the furniture to cover up all the spots and leave the other part good. And so after a while, we, you know, the carpet was clean again and we didn't have to worry about it and it was all good. And so the same stuff kept happening, just living in it. All of a sudden, it, you know, there were spots here, spots there. Well, it came time to, it came time to sell the house. You know, we were moving 
And, you know, it doesn't take a brain surgeon to realize you're going to have to clean the carpet, man. It's got nobody's going to buy this house like this. And so we got down on our hands and knees and we were scrubbing the carpet. And to be honest with you, it looked so good. You know, we had been there and we had seen all the stains. We'd seen all the things. It looked so good. It looked a million percent better than what it did look like. And so, you know, there was still some discoloration here and there. But compared to what it was, oh, it was it was wonderful. We were so pleased with how well it turned out. Well, you could probably imagine the real estate person and the dude that wanted to was interested in buying the house. You know, they really didn't they really didn't care how much better it looked than it was before. What they wanted was perfect. You know, they, he wanted a clean carpet. He wanted to walk in and see nothing, no spots, no stains, no discolorations, nothing. And so they really didn't care. You, we tried to convince them. Now, look, you really didn't, you know, you, you can imagine what this looked like before. We have got it really, really clean. It looks really, really good. And we're looking at it from that viewpoint. He didn't, he didn't care. They wanted it. It had to be, it had to be clean. There's either, there's either clean or there's unclean. And when he walked in and he sees the little, st- little st- stains and spots and things that, you know, just wasn't there before, it, it's not clean. And so, you know, of course, you know what had to happen. We had to remove all that carpet and put in brand new carpet. Well, the same th- principle applies with God. Now, in our lives, we're walking and uh, you're, a whole lot, you're a whole lot cleaner, if you can say it that way, today than you used to be. God is working in your life. He is moving you. He is, uh, he is teaching you. He's instructing you and guiding you and leading you. And today, you're not, the, you're, you're, not who you're, you're not who God wants you to be yet, but you're sure not who you were. But in God's eyes, through the gospel, you're either clean or you're unclean. You're either perfect in Jesus Christ or you are in Adam. You're in your sins. So there's either clean or unclean. And cleanness is important to God in the Bible. If you look all the way back in the very beginning, Adam, he was in the garden with God and he was innocent. He was perfect. Uh, he uh, had no sin upon him. Uh, he was walking with God, fellowshipping with God face to face with God, walking in the cool of the day. And then, of course, you know the story. I don't have to go through the whole thing for you guys. Uh, But he sinned. And what was the first thing that God did? Kicked him out of the garden. He said, exile, you've got to go. And he put a guard there at the entrance. You can't come back in. You can't come back in. You've got to get out of my presence. And so God, through his purposes of redemption and working toward bringing Christ into the world, he, he gave the tabernacle and he gave the temple and he gave all these things where man could come back into the presence of God. But there's all these rules that go along with going into the, te- into the tabernacle. There's all these rules. If you want to come into God's presence, you have to do all this kind of stuff. And you find those in Leviticus. You know, it's hard to read Leviticus. If you want to chase people off from your Bible study, you can put on the sign, we're we're studying Leviticus this week. I promise nobody's coming. It's hard to read. It's hard to understand. It's hard to see how it applies to our life. Uh, Leviticus is just a bunch and bunch of laws about clean and unclean. You're unclean if you do this. You're unclean if you do that. If you touch this or if you have this happen to you, you're unclean. Some just the normal things of life, just bodily functions would make you unclean. And the priest would come and you would have to do these different things. You would have to offer this kind of animal or wash this way or go outside for seven days. You'd have to do all these different things in order to be clean, to be able to come in to the presence of God. And so this was a, it was a very big deal 
to God. There were some to, there were some people in the Old Testament that came and didn't, you know, didn't pay attention to God's rules, Nadab and Abihu, and they were killed right there at the altar. Killed right there at the altar because they refused to heed to God's rules, God's um, standard of clean and unclean. And so this was a huge deal. And this is how it went for centuries. If you were unclean, you could not come into the presence of God for sure. You couldn't come and worship God. You couldn't come into the temple, the tabernacle. You couldn't offer any sacrifice. You couldn't be around the community of, of believers. You couldn't be around the community of God's people. You had to be outside the camp if you were unclean. And there was ways to, to make yourself clean or, or washings and things to do that made you clean that you could come back in. But if you were unclean, basically the sign on the door said, stay out. You can't come to God. You can't come to worship God. You can't come into the people of God. And so you were, you were defiled. In Leviticus 13, I'm getting somewhere, so stay with me. Leviticus 13 and 14, we're not going to read it, but it's just these big long chapters about skin diseases. You know, about if you got this red patch on you, me and I remember Brother Tim Elrod, we used to laugh about he, he and Miss Hope went to uh, some church one time and they were working through Leviticus and they would come and Leviticus 13 is a long chapter. It's all about this kind of leprosy and this kind of skin disease. And they would, they would get tickled because they'd walk in and they was like, tonight we're going to learn about a new kind of skin disease, you know, and l- l- patches on your skin. And there were all these rules, you know, if it's red and it's, you know, a spot and it's not growing, then the priest can say you're clean and it'd be okay. If it's red and it is growing, then, I mean, there was just over and over and over again, Leviticus 13 and 14, there was all of these rules about these skin problems, leprosy and different skin diseases that made you unclean. And if you had one of these, you couldn't come in. You could not come in. You could not walk through those doors and think, I'm going to sit down and worship God today. You couldn't offer sacrifice. You were outside the people of God. Let me just read to you Leviticus chapter 13, verse 44. You don't have to, you don't have to look it up or anything, but it says... He is, if, if it's a leprous man, a man with leprosy, he says he is a leprous man, he is unclean. The, pre, the priest shall pronounce him utterly unclean. His plague is in his hand. And the leper in whom the plague is, his clothes shall be rent, his head bare. He shall put a covering over his upper lip and shall cry, unclean, unclean. And all the days wherein the plague shall be in him, he shall be defiled. He is unclean. He shall dwell alone without the camp, which means outside the camp shall his habitation be. And so this guy that we see, this guy is going to come to Jesus. You need to get this picture in your mind. This is not just a sick guy. It is a sick guy. He's got leprosy. But this guy is outside the camp. He is utterly alone. He is considered defiled. Nobody's going to go around him and he is, he is charged with two things. He cannot come into the camp of the community of believers, of, of the people of God. He can't come. You stay outside. And the second thing is, if anybody gets close to you, you better be warning them. Because anything you touch becomes defiled. If you, if I'm a, if I have this disease, this leprosy, this skin disease that's going on, if I have it and I touch something of yours... 
Whatever I touch becomes defiled. My uncleanness, my defiled nature, it spreads like a cancer. It spreads like an infection. If, I, if you're walking past and I touch your clothes, your clothes become defiled. If I touch you, you become defiled. And now you can't go into the, into the uh, sanctuary. You can't go to worship God. You had to do these, all these different things, these washings and whatever. So his duty was to warn people, you can't come near me. I'm outcast. I'm defiled. I'm unclean. There's no, there's no help for me. There's no hope for me. And so here's where we come to in this, in this passage, Luke chapter 5, verse 12. It's just five verses. Let me read them all to you. It says, And it came to pass when he was in a certain city, talking about Jesus, behold a man full of leprosy, who seeing Jesus fell on his face and besought him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And he put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately the leprosy departed from him and he charged him to tell no man, but go and show thyself to the priest and offer for thy cleansing according to as Moses commanded for a testimony unto men. But so much the more he went there a fame abroad of him and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed up by him of their infirmities. And he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. And so Jesus is now on the scene for centuries. If you're a leper, if you have one of these deals, good luck. You're, you're on your own. Get out. Don't come near me. Don't come near the temple. Don't come near the worship of God, the presence of God. Don't come near the things of God. You're outcast. You're defiled. There's nothing you can, nothing you can see here. Nothing you can do here. Don't even get near me. Don't ask me for any bread. Don't ask me for any food because I'm risking my I'm risking my cleanness. If I come and try to touch you or if I come and try to minister to you or give to you, this is the way it was for centuries. Until this man named Jesus comes on the scene and he comes on the scene and you know that, you know, the deal we've been reading it, the king, he's bringing the kingdom with him. The kingdom is breaking in all of a sudden sickness and the fall and creation and sin and, and, and darkness and evil spirits. They don't have dominion anymore. He can speak and they're gone. It's like he's bringing the world back to the way it was supposed to be before the fall. He says, move, and the spirits move. He says, get out, and the sickness leave. We've seen that over and over again. He's even, he's even in control of the fish of the sea. We saw that last time. He can command the fish to get in Peter's net, and they do it. And so Jesus comes on the scene, and this, this leper, this leper is taking a chance. He's taking a big chance. He trusts that this Jesus is the only one, is the only one that can help him. The only one that can make him clean. Notice what he said. He didn't say, if you will, you can heal me. Now, of course, that's what he's talking about. He's talking about being healed from his disease. But he said, if you will, you can make me clean. Here is heart. Now, it's not just that, you know, I'm sick and I want to be healed. He wants to be clean from his uncleanness. I mean, imagine this guy's life. He's got to sit outside the city. He's got to be alone. He's got, you know, a beggar on the side of the road, but he's got to say unclean, unclean whenever somebody passes by. And I don't know about you, but if a person was to try to minister to him or talk to him or touch him or help him in any kind of way, they're risking their own identity in the people of God. Because if you happen to touch him, if you happen to touch something that belongs to him, guess what? All of a sudden, you're unclean. His uncleanness has spread to you. 
and now you're both defiled. And so you can imagine the loneliness. You can imagine he's outcast alone. There's no hope for him. We saw earlier in Leviticus where it says, you, if the man with the plague, as long as he has that plague, as long as he is leprous, he is outside the camp and unclean and defiled. That's the word it was used. He's defiled and he can't come in. Well, that was talking in Leviticus 13. It's talking about patches on your skin. The priest would examine the patch on your skin and say, well, that's not clean or that is clean. Or he would tell you what's going on. This guy, look what it says. It came to pass when he was in a certain city. Behold, a man full of leprosy. He had it from head to toe. This was a hopeless case. This guy didn't just have a patch of skin that was messed up on him. He didn't just have... He was full of it. You can imagine. Let your imagination just take that. I mean, I I imagine boils and sores and running things and just this leprosy. You know, your finger falls off, you know, on Tuesday and then then your thumb falls off on Thursday. I mean, all kind. He was full of it. It was just it was rampant through his body. And you pretty much know the medicine uh, uh, doctors and the, the medicine in the first century. There's no cure. There's no cure for this guy's disease. And so he's full of leprosy. There's no cure. This guy's hopeless. I mean, he is going to spend the rest of his life outside the camp. He's going to spend the rest of his life defiled, unclean, separated from the people of God, separated from the worship of God. Even if this guy in this, t- in this time, even if this guy thought, you know what? I need to get my life together. I'm going to go and I'm going to offer sacrifice to God. I'm going to go to the temple and offer prayers. Even if he thought that's what I need to do, he was held out saying, you cannot come in here. You cannot come into the people of God. You cannot mix with us. You cannot come into the sanctuary. You cannot come into the temple. You can't, you just keep your sacrifice out there. You can't come to where God is. And it was like that way forever. But this man believed that Jesus was able to make him clean. And he was taking a huge risk. Remember what it said? It said, first of all, if you're a leper, you've got to stay outside the camp. Well, that's exactly what this verse says he didn't do. It says, and it came to pass when he was in a certain city. This leper shouldn't have been there. But he was taking a chance and he came and instead of saying what he was supposed to say, instead of saying, unclean, unclean, get away from me, don't touch me, he came and he says he fell down on his face in front of Jesus. And instead of saying, unclean, unclean, he says, Lord, if you desire, if you will, if you're willing, you can make me clean. He believed with all his heart that Christ is the only one that can make him clean. But the only question that he had was, are you willing? Is Jesus going to be willing to make me clean? And that's a really valid question because you can imagine this guy's whole life, nobody's wanted to touch him. Nobody's wanted to mess with him. Nobody wants to take a chance on getting defiled. Nobody wants to take the chance of messing up my own stuff. Nobody wants to take a chance of getting unclean myself and not being able to go and worship God. Or worse yet, catching this guy's disease and then I'm out forever. Uh, If there's no cure, there's no healing, there's no nothing, I'm gone. I'm, I'm separated from my family, separated from the people of God, separated from my house. I have to go out and live outside the city and yell unclean, unclean. It's just not worth the risk. 
This guy is not worth the risk, so we're not going to mess with him. We're not going to touch him. And so he comes and he says, Lord, believing that Jesus is able. He says, if you will, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. If you're willing, you can make me clean. And then this next verse is, I mean, it's almost like slow motion. I I picture it in slow motion. It says, it, it says, and he put forth his hand, Jesus reaches out to his hand. <clears throat> Jesus reaches out his hand to touch this leper. All the people around him would have been gasping. Oh no, surely, surely he's not going to touch this guy. I mean, this is the Messiah here. This is the one we've seen him do miracles. We've seen him preaching and teaching the word of God. He got in Peter's boat and was preaching the word of God. It said we, he, he's gone to synagogue after synagogue telling people he's the Messiah and showing the kingdom of God has come. Surely this guy is not going to defile himself by touching this man. What kind of what kind of Messiah is this? If he touches him, if his all this is slow motion, by the way, his hand is reaching for the guy. If he touches him, it's over. Can you imagine having a Messiah that's defiled before God? I mean, there's, there could be no such thing. If this guy, if his hand reaches out and touches this guy, now all of a sudden he'll be unacceptable. You can't have a rabbi that's unacceptable before God. You can't have a Messiah that's unacceptable before God. His uncleanness is going to be contracted onto Jesus and his ministry is over. His preaching is over. His coming into the tabernacle is over. His coming into the temple to worship is over. All of a sudden, in this one moment, Jesus is about to defile himself as the Messiah. All these people would have been gasping like, oh no, surely he's not fixing to touch this guy. But he reaches out and he touches him. And look what happens. It says, I will thou be clean. I'll talk about that in just a second. It says, immediately the leprosy departed from him. Understand what that means. This is, it's the first time that this has ever happened, ever. There have been healings before. You think about Naaman where Elisha told him to go and, and wash himself in the Jordan and his leprosy was healed. You think about Aaron who, who, who told Moses, Moses, call out to God so that Miriam can be healed of this leprosy. There was healings before of leprosy, but there's never been an instance where someone touched a leper. And was not made unclean, was not defiled. But Christ's purity, his cleanness was more powerful than the infection of this uncleanness. You understand what that means? Instead of the way it's supposed to happen is you reach out your hand, you touch something that's unclean. And the unclean thing always makes the clean thing unclean. It never works in reverse, ever. It never works the other way around. You can't, a clean thing touching unclean makes the clean unclean. Y'all got that? Okay, if you, let me do it one more time. A clean thing that touches an unclean thing will always make the clean thing unclean. But in this case, Christ has authority over what's clean and what's unclean. Christ has authority. His cleanness, if you want to say it that way, his power, his divinity, is more powerful than this man's uncleanness. And so when he touches him, instead of the uncleanness affecting Christ, instead of the uncleanness infecting and spreading to Christ, Christ's cleanness infects and spreads and the leprosy is gone. It's gone away. And so he says, he says, he reaches out to touch him 
and they're all going, oh, no, this is the end. And instead of Christ being defiled, the man is made clean. And so the answer to the man's question is easy. Jesus says, I will. He means I'm willing. I am willing that you would be made clean. I am willing that in order, to, in order to be willing to touch a leper, in order to be willing to minister to a leper, anyone would have to, you would have to put his well-being above your own. You would have to value him more than you value yourself because you touch him and it's over. But Christ is willing. That's the same thing he says to you and I today. Even today, whenever, whenever a sinner defiled by his sin comes humbly in faith. If you will, I know I'm putting my trust in you. I, you can make me clean. Jesus' answer today is the same as it was then, and it'll always be that way. I am willing to make you clean. I'm willing. You can tell, I don't care what's going on. In this day and age, lepers were the lowest of the low. You couldn't get no lower. They had to live by themselves, outcast. I don't care what sin that characterized your life, whether you have, you know, done the worst of sins, the worst of things, if you come humbly before God, repenting of your sin, trusting in in the Savior, he says, I am willing to make you clean. You can come into the very presence of God clean, not because you're so good, but because Christ has made you clean. There is no way sin can't stand before the Father. Sin can't stand at the judgment bar, of, uh, judgment bar of God. And so when you and I come with sin on our account, we can't stand before a holy God. It'd be easier for you to stand on the face of the sun than it would be to stand before a holy God. But in Christ, we are clean. It's not like the carpet at my house in Jackson. It's not like, well, we're going to scrub it. And we're going to make it look as good as we can. Yes, he is working on you. Yes, he's making you better today than you were yesterday. But in the eyes of God, in the eyes of the Father, you are absolutely 100% clean. He has ripped out that old life, that old heart, that old sin, the account that everything you had was on, and he has replaced it, just like I replaced that carpet, with his account, with his righteousness, with his cleanness, with his goodness. He says to you and me today, if you would come to me in repentance and faith, then I am willing. I'm willing to make you clean. He is willing today to make you clean. That goes for the lost man who needs to come and and be saved, the lost woman that needs to come and be saved. But it also goes for the believer that needs to come and repent of his sin and trust in Christ. Look, we stumble and we fall, and he is willing to make you clean. Brother Eddie preached on 1 John 1, 9, the, uh, Wednesday night. I, hope, I wish you were here to hear it. He says, if, you conf- if we, that's the thing that caught my attention. He says, if we, John is including himself. The Apostle John saying, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and he's just to forgive us of our sin and do what? Cleanse us. From all unrighteousness. And so Jesus puts forth his hand. He touches this leper and immediately the leprosy is gone. The disease that characterized his life. The thing that made him who he was. You can imagine what years of being outside the camp yelling, unclean, I'm not worthy, I can't come. Uh, Just this kind of solitary, lonely life. 
defiled, separated. And all of a sudden, in a moment's time, with one encounter with Christ, his whole life changed. His whole being changed. He became a new person. He became a new man. He was no longer Joe the leper, the guy out there yelling unclean, unclean. He was no longer the exile, the outcast. He was brought in to the family of God. He was brought into the people of God. He was able now to go to the priest. He was able now to go to worship. It says here, well, today, you know, I, I don't want you to get it wrong. Today, skin diseases don't defile you. Jesus has made clean all of those things. He has purified all those things. But there is something that does defile mankind today. Jesus said it in Matthew chapter 15. He said, it's not what goes into the man that defiles him. He says, it's what comes out of the man. He says, because out of the heart, out of the heart comes, he says, evil thoughts and murders and adulteries and, and all of the things. He said, these are the things that defile a mankind. So if you get a rash on your skin, don't, don't be afraid to come on in. I mean, as long as you ain't contagious, don't give me nothing. But it doesn't make you unclean in the sense that it made this leper unclean. But today, make no mistake, sin still defiles us. The heart filled with sin, the heart It still defiles us before God. And if you and I stand before the Father on the day of judgment in His holiness and His righteousness, and there is sin on our account, any sin, even the smallest. Jesus said in Matthew 15, He said, evil thoughts proceed out of the heart and they defile the man. Anything defiling of us makes us unclean before God, unfit, and unable to come into his presence. But Jesus, just like he reached out and touched the leper, and it was gone, he took our sin. He took our sin upon himself. Think about it this way. I thought about the best way to describe it, I thought, I think, is this. For us, it's easy to hide. You can't, if you're a leper and you got this junk all over you, you can't hide who you are. I mean, they can see it, people can see it coming from a mile away. And you, you were bound to tell them, unclean, unclean, unclean. Think about it this way. If all the sin that was in your heart, all the evil thoughts, all the actions, all the words, all the deeds, everything that, everything that you thought, everything you said, everything you did that was against God's law, what if that showed up like a tattoo on your skin? What if it showed up, you know, the moment you had an evil thought, it was written across your arm? what you thought. The moment you said an evil word, it was written across your forehead. The moment you sinned against your neighbor, against your friend, against, against God himself, the moment you failed to love God or, or you did the wrong thing or you sinned against God's word, all of a sudden it was written right across your chest what you had done. Imagine the shame. You, most of us would never leave our house because you'd go to Walmart and your sins would be all on your face, on your arms. We would all, we'd have to move to Alaska just so we could wear clothes and cover everything up. What if it was written on you? Understand this, this is what was going on with this, with this leper. If it was written on you, your heart still defiles it. It's not, of course. Your sins aren't written on your face. They're not written on your skin. But God knows them the same. It's easy for us to hide because it's not, You can't see it from the outside. 
It's easy for us to hide our sin and to push down our sin and say, you know what, sin is not that big a deal. We're not going to worry about it. You know, God knows my heart. That's the thing everybody says. And so it's all good. We're not going to worry about it. But the reality is that our sin is defiling to us. And God sees that sin just as clearly as if it was tattooed on your forehead. He sees that sin and knows that sin. And he has given the same thing that Christ says to this leper is what he says to you. If you come the way this leper came, bowing down, trusting, knowing that Christ is able, he said, I am willing to cleanse you. I am willing to give you forgiveness. I'm willing to adopt you. I'm willing to, I mean, it's even bigger than this leper. It, was, it would be like he... He took the man's leprosy. It's not what he did. He just touched him and he was clean. But he took your sin. He came and touched you and your sin was transferred upon him. And he went and he died on the cross to pay for that sin. He took your place. He took your sin. And so when it says, when it says, he says the heart defiles you, you and I need to understand that you and, you, you and I can be clean today. We can be clean in the sight of God. But the only way that happens is if we trust in what Christ has done and in who he is. Can you imagine they would have stoned this guy to death if he refused to obey the rules? If he would have been trotting around the city, touching people, not saying unclean, unclean, not doing what he was supposed to do, just spreading that stuff all over, they would have killed him. They would have killed him if he was doing. Understand that you and I are just as defiled as this man outside of Christ. The only thing different about us is we can hide it a whole lot better. But you and I can't hide it from God. It's just like it's written on your forehead. I don't care how much good that you do. It didn't matter what the leper did or how wonderful a person he was. He was still a leper. You still got to stay out. But Jesus can cleanse him. Now, the final four four verses, the final three verses, he says, he says to us, I, I want to show you this, believer. He says in verse 14, he says, and he charged him after this man is clean now. He's the leprosy's gone. He charged him to tell no man, but go and show thyself to the priest and offer for thy cleansing, according as Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. He says, go to the temple now. You're clean. You, You can go. You can go to the priest and he'll declare you clean because you don't have this disease anymore. You go and you, but he says, don't tell anyone. Doesn't that sound strange? Jesus telling somebody, don't tell anyone. He tells us our command is basically uh, to go tell people. But he tells him, don't tell anyone. If you're wondering about that, the answer of why he told him not to go tell anyone is found in Mark chapter 1 verse 45 where the guy actually went and we see that he disobeyed and went and told everyone and then Jesus wasn't able to come publicly into the cities anymore because crowds flocked to him. He was, he was protecting his ministry at the time. But the, the point is, he say, he's telling him to go to the priest and the priest is going to pronounce you clean. But don't tell anyone. But you see in verse 15 it says, but so much more, so much the more went there a fame abroad of him. The guy couldn't hold it in. He could not tell anyone. You see that in Mark chapter 1, verse 45? The guy could not. I mean, can you imagine 
you, your life is basically wrapped up in you are defiled, you're exiled, you're alone. There's no hope for you. You're a hopeless case. You'll never be accepted by God, never be accepted into God's people, never be allowed to come and even worship God. And then all of a sudden, you have a new life. Basically, you can now come into the city. You, you can now come and be part of the people. You now can come and you can actually walk into the temple of God and worship, the temp, worship God. You can bring sacrifice. They were still bringing animal sacrifices at this time. You can, you can come into the people of God. How can you not tell? How can you keep that to yourself? How can you keep that and say, you know what? It's a good thing. I'm going to keep it quiet. Even the people that saw him walking down the road would have said, isn't that the guy that's been outside the gate all this time yelling unclean, unclean? Isn't that him? There's no way to keep it secret. How is it that today when Christ, we don't have to worry about temple anymore. We don't have to worry about sacrifice anymore. We don't have to worry about all the rules in Leviticus and all the things anymore. Jesus has paid the price and he's done away with all that. And when he takes our sin, when he takes our defiled heart and he removes that heart of stone and replaces it with a heart of flesh, how is it that we can keep it silent? How is it that we can live without telling people what Christ has done, without people seeing what Christ has done in our life. It was like this guy won the lottery. That's probably not the best way to put it, but this you can imagine how joyful he would be, how thankful. I mean, he went from absolutely hopeless case to receiving his life back, to being, not beating around the bush, to being accepted or acceptable by God now. He wasn't just hopeless in this life, he was hopeless in the next life because as far as he was concerned, as far as he knew, he can't go worship God, then you're not acceptable to God. Understand that your sin defiles. It defiles you. But Christ has paid the price. Just like that leper, he has come and he's touched you. He has died on the cross for you. He has risen from the grave for you. And when you and I come and we repent of our sin and trust in him, putting all of our works aside, knowing that he is the only righteousness that will stand before God, he says the same thing to you that he says to the leper, I am willing to get down in the mud where you're at. I'm willing to get down with whatever it is that you have done, whatever it is that has gone on in your life, and to pull you out of that miry pit and to make you clean before God. How in the world can you expect this leper not to tell folks? How can we who have been made clean not tell what Christ has done? How can we not invite our friends and neighbors to come and worship this Christ with us? How can we walk by them every day, every week, at work, at school, in the neighborhood, wherever, and just act like nothing has happened? How can we not invite them How can we not compel them to go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come? The only reason I can think of is because we're unthankful, like Brother Eddie was preaching. 
forgotten what it means to be a leper. What if you were to run into this guy, I don't know, two, three years later, and this guy, you know, you remember the, you remember the deal. You remember, I remember when you were sitting outside the city and you was covered with the mess and nobody wanted to touch you, nobody wanted to talk to you. You sure couldn't come to God. You sure could I remember all that. And all of a sudden this guy says, you know, yeah, I really wasn't that bad. It, you know, it was, it was a big deal. It wasn't that, wasn't that big of a deal. I mean, I've done pretty good since then. I've done pretty good since then. God's pretty proud of me about what I've done and, you know, who I am. It's really not, not worth, story's not worth telling again and again and again. It's not worth telling again. No, that old thing, we don't worry about that. What would you think about this man who had been given, I mean, he had been given his life back. He was exiled from everything, hopeless in this life and in the next, and he was given his life back. What would you think if he said, yeah, not that big a deal. That's, that's two or three years ago, man. I don't worry about that again. Let's, let's talk about what's going on today. What would you think about that, man? You'd think he's an, he's an idiot. You'd think he's insane. At most, you'd think, how ungrateful, how unthankful, how horrible that this guy has put away what Jesus has done for him. Understand, you and I, when we were lost, if you are, if you were, if, I know you were lost, but if you haven't been saved yet, you are in the condition that this leper was in, outcast, exiled, defiled before God, no hope whatsoever. And the only salvation there is, the only cleanness that you can have is what Christ offers you on the cross and in his resurrection. That's the only cleanness there is. There's no cure for your defiled heart. The only cure is Jesus. And believer, if you have been saved, if you've been born again, there's no excuse. There is no excuse for us to put this in the put his cleansing us in the rearview mirror and not treat it today just like it had happened just like it happened yesterday. If it happened yesterday and you'd been cleansed and given a new life, accepted back into the family of God, adopted into the family of God, you were jumping for joy. You were excited about what Jesus had done. There's no excuse for us two, three, five, ten, twenty years down the road to say, Yeah, I remember that. It was it was all right. There's no excuse for us not to tell the people that are still defiled, that are still outside the camp, that are still plagued by this leprosy of sin. There's no excuse for us to not tell them that there is cleansing to be found. There's no reason. There's no reason on this, on this earth that you can come up with to say why we should not be as thankful today as we were 30 seconds after we were cleansed. And so today, you need to understand that you're in one of two places. There's not clean, semi-clean. It's not like my laundry. I got clean, I got semi-clean, I I can wear it one more time, and I got unclean. There is clean and there's unclean. 
and you're going to fit in one of those two categories. You probably need to do better. There's lots of things we can improve on, but you're either born again by the Spirit of God, which makes you perfect, clean in the sight of God because of who Jesus is and what he's done, or you are absolutely defiled and exiled from the presence of God because of your sin. Those are the only two options when it comes to standing before the Father. Today, if, if you're defiled, if you're in your sin, if Christ has not healed you, given you a new heart, you need to trust Him. You need to trust Him and you need to repent of your sin and put your faith in Him. Let's pray. Father, we love You. We thank You, God, for Your Word. Thank You for all that You've done for us. All that You continue to do in us.